Welcome to the Compass Catholic Changemaker podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Kano. On this podcast, we talk about how to live with our money as Catholics. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. This week, I'm speaking with Andrew Laflamme. Andrew is the author of a blog, afireoffaith.com. Andrew and I had a conversation about being Catholic while pursuing financial independence. If you liked today's episode, we invite you to subscribe if you haven't yet and or share this episode with a friend. Welcome, Andrew. We are so excited that you're here today to talk about this topic. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So you have an awesome blog. If people haven't seen it yet, I recommend you go there. We're going to put the link in the show notes, but it's called afireoffaith.com. So before we jump into our conversation about faith and financial independence and, and all these different things, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Andrew Laflamme, and I guess um, to start back at the end of college, I got an engineering job offer and turned down that job offer, even though it felt like a very comfortable offer, good financially, good um, for like my family, whatever. At the time, it just seemed like things were coming together. I turned that offer down to work as a Catholic missionary for two years. And in the second year, I was very thankful I turned down that offer. I met my now wife, Katie, and we got married two years ago. We have a super high energy one-year-old daughter. And yeah, it was around that time that we got married that like, I started researching this stuff because I had just um, gone back into the engineering field and yeah, and it was a big change from going from full-time missionary life into the biz, like the job world and the job atmosphere. Um, and also with the changes of having a new family, new marriage, where, where do I even begin with, with all of that? So, um, yeah, I started writing a blog about it to kind of dissect in my head about um, where does my faith fit in with my finances? Throughout the blog, you weave the topics of faith and financial independence. So just for our audience, can you clarify exactly what financial independence means in this context? Yeah. Financial independence is, um, it's part of an original acronym called FIRE, Financial Independence Retire Early. It's basically the freedom that comes in your life from having extra savings. And what freedom comes with that? Uh, freedom of time is a huge one. And freedom to choose what you want to do for work. Um, for some people, it means if you want to work. But uh, you'll find that a lot of people in the FIRE community uh, are more phi than re and they want to have the freedom to do the things that they wish to do and that they feel called to do but they don't necessarily ever want to retire i think the word retire has a lot of uh weight 
to it that people imagine a beach somewhere or an island and you're kind of removed from society. That's so true. Yeah. And I, I love all the, the Fi blogs. I, you know, I follow them like crazy. Um, and I'm always having to interject things about my faith into these blogs to get these things to kind of go together. So I'm, I'm wondering if you can talk about that, how your faith and then your pursuit of financial independence go together. How do you weave those two together personally? Exactly. I mean, when I first started diving into the financial blogs, I read a lot of Mr. Money Mustache. He's a guy out in Colorado who had extreme frugality. And based on his low spending, he and his wife at the time were able to retire after eight years of working at the age of, I believe, 30. And I was just struck by his story. But then while reading it, I really loved the way he thought. But it was one article in particular about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I had never heard of it before. So when I was reading it for the first time, I was like, wow, I really love the way this guy thinks. And he's definitely well-read and well-researched. But in throughout discussing all of these hierarchies, for those who don't know, it's like the base level is food and shelter and then safety and relationships. And as you go up, you become more like self-actualized. And as I was reading this, I was like, where does God fit in? And it hit me. He fits in at every single level of this pyramid. And I actually scrolled down into the comments section and there were Catholics debating this about like, where does mustachianism fit into our faith? And um, can we be extremely frugal? Can we save like 50% of our income while being Catholic or while being Christian? That's, that's a hard topic to to breach, right? Like, I mean, the whole FI concept is kind of an all-in sort of thing. It's not that you kind of do FI, like FI is a lifestyle. So financial independence itself has the potential to become an idol. So I, I can see that debate. How, how have you resolved that within your life? I mean, that's a really good point. Like, especially at the beginning of someone's first discovery and initial pursuit of financial independence, it can be very dominating and concerns over money. Like I've definitely had to keep that in check since I discovered this. And um, honestly, the writing about it has helped me because as I'm teasing out these ideas, I'm not just going full speed in my head. I'm able to pause and reflect and say like, okay, like, what would the catechism say and like actually go look it up instead of just think about it and wonder. Um, so that's really helped. And I've definitely had to wrestle with that, um, with the whole concept of this freedom becoming an idol. And yeah, my natural tendency would have been to go off the deep end full, full on or to have it be a hobby for a week and then forget about it altogether. Um, yeah, I think that, oh gosh, it's, there's one uh, quote in that St. Ignatius talks about where he says like all things, all created things can either um, help us to, to serve God because that's the first thing that we need to do is to know, love, and serve God with all our hearts and 
all created things can either help us or be a roadblock. And I think money is one of those things. It can either be a tool we use to serve God and his church, or it can be a big hindrance. So I try to weave in some of that at the end of my, my writing um, to kind of bring it home and bring it back down to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it's an interesting concept and, you know, you hear about people who are pursuing FI who have 20% savings rates and other people who are up to like the 75% range. And I, I've even heard of people who are from beyond that. So it's not uh, something you kind of do. Like you're, you're all in usually when you're pursuing FI. And I think it's just a matter of keeping things in check. And we're thinking about things like, you know, the parable of the talents. They didn't bring just a percentage back to the owner. They brought the whole thing back, right? Like everything they created. So I think it's something we keep in mind when, when we're pursuing five, if that's what you want to do, knowing that some people you're mentioning, some people pursue the five, some people also lean into the RE, the retire early. Um, what have you seen in terms of that being a roadblock for people's faith development? Do you see that being something that the retire early becomes an idol in itself? Or um, what, what are your thoughts on that aspect of the fire movement? Um, yeah, I definitely love the separation. I think people need to not get too hung up on the word retire. Um, I think I might have something that was got buried in the draft section, but I wanted to write about like the concept of retiring is kind of gives this idea of like you're coming to a stop or you're ceasing mm. your work. And um, I don't think that I personally would identify with like retirement of that sense. But I think if you like change your perspective on what it is to like retire, you could say from a traditional career, from like your original career. I like the idea of second careers. Some people are like, um, you've heard of like lean fire versus like, I forget the other terms, full fire. So some people have this idea of like coast fire where um, they save up a whole bunch so that the income coming off of their investments is enough to cover maybe half their income. And the second half, they can now take a job that pays half as much as their original job. And they can kind of be a barista or like, in my mind, like a used bookstore owner or something. I think it's personal finance is so heavy on the personal and that's one thing when I was reading Mr. Money Mustache for the first time, his writing style gets you like, yes, this is the answer. And this is the only answer. And he's so hyped up about it. It gets you kind of that way. And then you get into the real world of practicing this and you're like, wow, even if your career is 25 years instead of 40, it's still a long time. And there's a lot that could happen in, in that time. So it's so personal to person to person things come up and you, you can't know, but like you use the word before intentional. And I think if you're being intentional about it, then you are, that's a good thing, especially for us Catholics to, to be intentional and keep everything in check. 
um, throughout your financial journey as well as your spiritual journey. For sure. And you had a blog post that I love. I'm going to put the link to this one um, also in the show notes to make sure we have it here. But it talks about what is tithing? Do I have to give 10%? And I loved your approach on it. I thought it was really smart. Um, and I, you spoke about how uh, when we're children, our parents have this list of like, do not rules. And eventually we learn the spirit of the rules, but then we go on from there and you don't have to follow. So it's essentially talking about how the whole tithing 10% thing has evolved from Old Testament to New Testament. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really great. Um, I'm wondering about Phi and then the call to be generous. Because if someone's giving 10% or more, depending on what they feel they're called to give to their parish, how does that play into their pursuit of Phi? Have you found a balance there? Uh, really, th when it comes to a balance, I think I hint at in the article that maybe we should be challenging ourselves a little bit more in this area of giving. I know a lot of people really like to um, weigh in their time, talent, and treasures, and I love that. Mm -hmm. But I don't love that as a replacement. It's time, talent, and treasures, not like or. And people will say, well, I, I volunteered for this, and I'm like, great. But like, I think as you were describing, the Old Testament rule was like 10%. And then in the New Testament, like we don't, as Christians, there's no set number that I know of. Correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong. No, you are uh, right. USCCB does not actually have a percentage it recommends. You're called to give to your capacity. Mm -hmm. um, but at Compass Catholic, what we always say is people don't know what their capacity is because they don't start with a budget or they don't start yeah. with a spending plan. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you are correct. There is no prescribed percentage. Yeah. I love the using of percentages just to, as a metric to weigh yourself against. And like that 10% is a really nice metric. I think it's, it is pretty balanced um, as long as you're not only giving of your treasures, but also of your time and talents as well. Um, and then there's the whole argument. This is one of the questions when I first started the blog, I was like, someday I'm going to figure this out. How do taxes like fit into that like, pre-tax post-tax? And like, right. once you reach FI, the money you've been taxed on all the income that you saved, like your investment income, should I have been tithing on my investment income? But that's a whole nother um, thing that maybe someday when I have more time to sit down, I'll, I'll think about, um, or maybe someone smarter out there has already talked about it. Um, but yeah, I like the 10% when, when giving, but that can be a lot even for us. And that's something we have mm -hmm. to, we have to, um, reflect on because with the recent move, it's a great reminder. Like we need to reset up giving it at our parish. We've been here for five months and we haven't set that up and, the whole I didn't bring cash to mass is a really <laughs> tempting excuse today. But yeah, going back to the whole FI conversation with, with generosity, um, have you seen have you seen other Catholics like kind of figure out 
how to negotiate these two, or is this is this really a topic that gets discussed in these five blogs? Honestly, it gets dis discussed in the forums and the forums. like the Facebook groups of of all these different blogs because a lot of the writers out there aren't Catholic. They're just pedal to the floor, throttling towards this retirement goal. Mm -hmm. um, but then in, I think, in the more nuanced sections of like where people are discussing back and forth with each other, um, they get into more conversations about giving and what that looks like. And I think a lot of it comes down to that personal, like we discussed before, mm -hmm. people are at different stages. It can be difficult to go from um, not realizing I wasn't giving because mm -hmm. most people probably don't realize where, how much they even make. And they might, like when I first look at those numbers, it's easy to be like, whoa, I thought I was giving more than that. Right. And right. Um, so I think a lot of people in those, they're hesitant to write about it on a post because it is more case by case base where someone's different situation um, could warrant different amounts. And um, like you're saying, no one wants to hit the, maybe we should be giving more. Yeah, that's a tough conversation. Mm. Oh, goodness. You mentioned you're only you're married two years now. Mm -hmm. Awesome, congratulations! And you have a Thank little you. one, so you have a young family. I'm wondering if you can share any tips for any other young families who may consider this, because when you have little ones, your finances are it's a moving target, right? Like mm -hmm. one month you're in diapers, the next month you're not, but then you have growth spurts, and it's it's crazy. So, any tips you can share for families who are pursuing five? Sure. The intentionality is like, if you're trying, then you're probably doing something right. If you're intentionally have accounts that you're saving money in, you're doing something right. Um, starting with like what you believe, if you're a faithful couple, if you're a faithful family, like start with your values and then like, keep track of your expenses. I use Mint. I'm not sure what you use. There's a whole bunch of apps out there that can track your expenses. But then even within Mint, a lot of times it gets it wrong what you spent mm -hmm. on. So I'll like punch those numbers into a spreadsheet that I have. And then after a few months, keep track of where you spend um, each of the pennies that goes in and out. And then um, you can start to kind of predict for the next month. For us, the diapers thing kind of tends to get lumped into groceries because all of that goes on one transaction at uh -huh. the grocery store, Walmart, wherever it's happening. Um, so it doesn't have to be super specific. I think a lot of people hesitate on budgeting when they get like, oh, we lost track of this receipt. But I think if you know it, this much got spent at Walmart or this much we spend on delivery stuff, Amazon, whatever, and then like the hidden subscriptions that people miss in the midst of it. It's like, make sure all of that aligns with your values and be intentional with it. You mentioned mint, mint's a great one. Um, I'm a Y nabber. Okay. We, you need to be aware of where your money's going. You just have mm -hmm. to. And if you're not aware, 
someone else's and they're going to be straining it from you in one way or another. And subscriptions are a huge drain on our finances. Um, you know, we just kind of default to the norm. And if you're not intentional, then it's really interesting where your money just starts, gets siphoning off to. That's a really great point in the discussion that you talked about, like, um, is it right? Or like, does it align with our faith to pursue financial independence? And I think no one blinks an eye when someone spends way too much on a car. They're like, oh, nice mm -hmm. car. Or when someone buys a house that's beyond their means, like people don't blink an eye at that and say, oh, that money should be going somewhere else. But when you start saving it, instead of buying a bigger house or a bigger car or like, I don't know, whatever, name something people like to splurge money on. When it's gone, no one thinks anything of it. But when you say, oh, I'm actually saving it for in the future, then people are saying, oh, it feels like there's a hoarding aspect to it. But it, I, I don't picture it as hoarding. I picture, picture it as I'm not spending on that $20 drink at the bar I'm spending on an hour of my future where I can respond to God in whatever way he calls me to at the moment, because I have that means. Mm, yeah. No, that's a really interesting concept. It's true because I mean, when someone has some debt or something they're paying back, we don't think about it. That's just, that's just our culture, but mm -hmm. siphoning that money away, saving it away. That's when we go, Ooh, are we being, are we being as selfish. generous as we should be? Are we being yeah. selfish? And that, that's, that's an interesting concept. We can save up for the in-ground pool. That's not being right. selfish, but we can save up for our future to have more time to spend with our families and our communities. And that's, it's mm. a different perspective. Yeah. 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 I think we have another podcast topic. We need to schedule one because I'm curious about that. That's, mm. that'd be an interesting conversation to have, but Andrew, it was great having you on today. And again, I'm going to put your blog, afirefaith.com, into our podcast notes. So hopefully people can go and check it out. Awesome. And, um, and, you know, kind of, especially go check out the one about the, uh, the generosity and tithing. That was a really good, Thanks. awesome blog. Um, and I definitely like, don't know everything about these subjects. I'm an engineer. So if people come into the reading and they know something more, I would love to hear and tell them that I can... I'd love to hear some comments or um, responses of what others think. Well, it was a pleasure to have you. And um, yeah, we appreciate your time this evening. And especially because you do have a one-year-old. I get that. That's exhausting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it it's fun, though. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And it gets yeah. a lot more fun, too. It's, it's a great time. But thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's Compass Catholic Changemaker podcast. And a big thank you to Andrew LaFlamme for being interviewed for today's episode. Please go to compasscatholic.org to learn more about our Bible studies. We also ask that you subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. Have a great week and God bless.